We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. I am Nick Schwer, Grant Nicholson behind the glass. Happy to have you with us. Matt Verderam, fan side, are going to join us coming up at 11 o'clock. I like the Saturday games just for this aspect, that when I hop on the air at 10 o'clock on Sunday, I get to do the instant reaction. That's right. By Monday, maybe some of the more visceral feelings that you have from that game have subsided, but at least today... It feels like it's fresh. It feels like we have an actual game to talk about instead of doing predictions for how this game is going to go. I I don't really care moving forward, but seeing as now we're at the end of the regular season, I think it's at least worth mentioning that I don't I don't believe there's anybody in the NFL that plays down to their competition more than the Chiefs. And while it's frustrating and it feels like it's taking years off your life, I'm not sure that it matters moving forward. For about, I don't know, 90% of that game yesterday, the Chiefs played like a team that wasn't all that concerned about getting out of Denver with a win. And I, I, I get it. Like, yes, they were. They went in there. They, they knew what's at stake. If you win that game, you lock in the two seed and keep yourself alive for the one seed. But, I mean, you guys saw the same stuff I saw, especially from some of those Chiefs defenders. There were some business decisions getting made out there. Guys weren't taking aggressive angles on ball carriers. If it required quick cuts or change of directions, dudes pulling up on tackles, a lot of which can probably be partly attributed to the field conditions that we saw there in Denver. Denver got about seven inches of snow, I think it was, on New Year's Eve. And that football field, they have a heated field. So it never freezes, but once that snow melts due to the heaters underneath the field, it just turns into mud. And that's how you get the field conditions that we saw yesterday. There were some guys out there. I kind of, I was, and they're showing the highlights right now on ESPN. Like Juan Juan Thornhill, there are about three or four plays where, uh, Seemed like it was a rough go for him, but uh, we're not going to make this about him today. That Drew Luck touchdown scramble up the middle, like Legereus Sneed, talk about a business decision. He had a chance to, I mean, annihilate Drew Luck at, <laughs> at the goal line. And he seems to pull up as if he's thinking, okay, what week is it, 18? Yeah, I really don't need a separated shoulder or a broken collarbone heading into the playoffs. So uh, go ahead and take the six, Drew. And it's not just playing to the competition, right? Like, I I don't think that that was necessarily the Chiefs saying the Broncos suck. We don't need to do a whole lot to win this game. I think it was situational. I think it being week 18 and saying we want to win this game, but at what cost, right? How, how, how hard should we be willing to go? 
So maybe if, even if it's not playing to the competition, what we've seen maybe more often than that this year is playing to the scoreboard. And that, to me, is, is more concerning. We saw it last week. You're up 28-14 on the Bengals in the first half. You proceed to score three second-half points. Three. And I get it. Officiating. Uh, unlucky breaks. What, that's fine. But... Three points? Three? Can you just score six? Is that that much to ask? Six points in the second half? You're the Kansas City Chiefs. You got Patrick Mahomes. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Travis Kelsey. Like, come on. Get an extra three on the board, at least. The playing to the competition aspect doesn't concern me as much because from here on out, you're only playing good teams. Your next game is going to be a playoff team. So I'm not so concerned about the Chiefs playing down to their competition in the postseason. But playing to the scoreboard isn't something unique to the regular season. We've seen it countless times. The first 15 plays are nails. You build up a 10-14 point lead. Like, this is what the Chiefs do. The first 15 Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. The rest of the game Chiefs, I don't know, they're just another team in the pack. You build that two-possession lead, then you spend the rest of the game simply trying to conserve the lead as opposed to putting your foot on the throats of the competition. They've gotten by at times, but we've also seen it cost them. Let me ask you this, and you can let me know your answer on the Jay's Southland Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610. Do you feel better about this team today than you did yesterday at this time. Ask yourself how you were feeling about the Chiefs 24 hours ago. Ask yourself how you feel about them right now. You feel better? Do you feel better about the Chiefs right now than you did yesterday? Because to me, it seems impossible to answer yes, even despite the fact that they got out of Denver with a win. I get it, man. It's the NFL. You don't apologize for wins. A lot of them are ugly, and you can look at a lot of other teams in the AFC or otherwise and say, well, Not only are they not winning ugly, like they're getting into those sorts of games and they're losing them. Like it does feel like that much. Like I'll I'll have to give the Chiefs that much credit to say, and we did this a lot last year too. Remember when coming down the stretch of the regular season, a lot of national pundits were criticizing the Chiefs. They were saying, hey, the Chiefs, they're not blowing anybody out. What? How are we going to act like this is some sort of juggernaut? They're blow, not blowing anybody out. Whereas the other contenders in the AFC, like the Bills, it's like not only are they not blowing other teams out, but they're actually losing some of these games down the stretch that the Chiefs aren't. Like, if anything, you give them credit for that. To ask the question another way, because I do think it, it'd be impossible to say you feel better about the Chiefs now than you did yesterday. Let me ask you this. It, do you think this is a team that is starting to get exposed defensively Or do you view it through the lens of they're a resilient team that is always going to make the right play when they need it the most? Because you know what play I'm talking about. We'll get to it here in a second. You don't often say this about a front-running team. This is usually the... What, how you talk about teams who are sort of in that next tier, like, hey, we don't quite take them seriously as a contender, but they've got some pieces. Maybe they're a year away. Maybe they're not the most talented, but they find ways to win. That's, that's how you describe a team as scrappy. The Chiefs have proven that they're nothing if not a scrappy football team. Being scrappy against the Broncos is nice. But is scrappy going to get it done against Buffalo or Tennessee is scrappy going to get it done against LA or Cincy. I'm not so sure because those are the types of teams that have the firepower to, to overcome one bad play, to overcome one momentum shifting play. They can get that momentum right back. The Broncos with drew lock at quarterback, they weren't going to get that momentum back because to me, the last two weeks feels like, The Chiefs' defense of old is rearing its ugly head at the worst possible time. The play of the game, unquestionably, was the Melvin Ingram forced fumble. Scoop and score for Nick Bolton. I think it was 84 yards, and I think I saw yesterday's stat from ESPN that said that's the longest scoop and score touchdown in the NFL this year. And, man, I didn't – I was – I wasn't so sure Bolton was going to finish that. He looked like he was running out of gas. He was stumbling, but uh, he stayed on his feet. 
and he got it in the end zone. And that, that changed the momentum of the game. It swung it completely back into the Chiefs' direction. That gave the Chiefs the lead with just under eight minutes to go, and they never gave it back. But up until that point, we were witnessing one of the most embarrassing performances from that defense that we've seen in quite some time. I mean, you probably have to go back to like week six or so. Certainly before the the winning streak. Denver had as many touchdowns yesterday as they scored in the previous three games combined. I mean, going into that game, that was a team where you said, okay, we just saw the Chiefs sort of uh, lose some things defensively against Cincy. Well, they're going to get it back against Denver because it's Drew Locke and this team can't move the ball to save their life. Well, that wasn't the case yesterday. Three touchdowns yesterday. They had three in their previous three games combined. I mean, Drew Locke started looking like Lamar Jackson and Melvin Gordon started looking like Derrick Henry against the Chiefs' defense. It's one thing to see, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase light up your defense, but seeing Drew Locke and Melvin Gordon do it's perplexing. It's inexcusable. This defense, the last two games, has looked like the defense of old, the one that we saw to start the season, the one that we saw the first month and a half of the season that was trending towards being one of the worst defenses in NFL history. Like, statistically, they were trending towards being a historically bad defense. And then everything changed. So, which sample size would we like to take and say, that's the real Chiefs defense? Is it the one that looked like a top five unit for about two months? Or is it the one that we saw the first month and a half that now maybe we're seeing glimpses of again these last two weeks? Maybe the answer lies somewhere in the middle. The reality is it probably does. I don't care if it's the Chargers or the Colts or the Patriots that the Chiefs play. Let's assume they get the two seed, right? I don't think it matters if it's the Chargers, Colts, Pats. If the defense plays another game like that, their season's going to be over a week from tomorrow. It will be. They can't have another defensive performance like we've seen the last two weeks because the teams you're going up against are just going to be too good. They're better than that Broncos team you faced yesterday. Side note, by the way, they could actually play also, uh, if they're the two seed, they could also play the Raiders. They could play the Steelers. They could even play the Ravens. You know, the Ravens are not mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. It would take a lot. I think the Colts have to lose to the Jags, and then the Raiders have to beat the Chargers. And then the Ravens would have to beat the Steelers. If all three of those things happen, then the Ravens, you could play the Ravens or the Steelers for that matter. So I guess if we're including those, then you know know what? Actually, I'm going to make a revision to something I said a few minutes ago. They could play like that defensively against the Steelers and still win because the Steelers' offense is putrid. That one play by Melvin Ingram and Nick Bolton changed the game. In a matter of seconds... It felt like the Broncos had Kansas City up against the ropes to all of a sudden every ounce of momentum being back in the Chiefs' favor. But one big play surrounded by three quarters of defensive ineptitude isn't going to get it done against the teams in the AFC that actually matter. And from here on out, those are the only ones the Chiefs are going to be facing. Tyron Matthew was getting a lot of flack for for his performance yesterday as well. I love when when a guy will have like maybe one bad game or one game that we perceive to be below his standards, and we say, okay, is that really the type of guy that you want to be given a long-term contract to? Uh, yeah, by the way, I'll raise my hand. Yes, yes. What what did it change it from? You thought, you thought Tyron Matthew was maybe the best safety in the league to now he's the fourth best safety in the league? You still give him the money. You still give him the money. Because I've always said this. Teams will let good players walk in free agency in the NFL. They never let leaders walk. They don't. I, I mean, can anybody find me an example of a time when a team let a captain, a leader in the locker room walk in free agency? I can't think of one. Tyra Matthews, the unquestioned leader of that locker room, at least on the defensive side. 
And one bad game is not enough for me to think that all of a sudden I'm not comfortable. Can you think of anybody? Can you think of a time when a Grant, when a team let like a leader, like an unquestioned, like he is the heartbeat of that defense or the heartbeat of that unit, and they let him walk in free agency? And we're not, I'm not and, and, you know, don't give me a guy who's, you know, 38 who. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is the only. Is at the end of his options road. are guys where it's like the actual end of their career where they're like toast. Right. It's like, okay, Terrell Suggs, it's like when you're 38 and you let him. And he probably wanted to do something else. So, I don't yeah. Know. All right. So the text line's chiming in here. Peyton Manning. Okay. Well, <laughs> who had. <laughs> that's. Extenuating circumstances. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady. Okay. Not really his decision there. No. Not really the team's decision. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady was not going to continue playing for the Patriots. That much we know. So, yes, okay, those are guys who walked, but again, like, it's not not as if the organization was sitting there in the offseason saying, hmm, do we want to sign Tom Brady or not sign Tom Brady? Or, like, do we want, do we want Peyton Manning again? Like, no, both those guys kind of said, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go find myself a, a better team to go chase a championship with. J.J. Watt, yeah, again, but, like, J.J. Watt had been injured. Like, he wasn't on the field. I don't know. I'm not saying that those are... I'm not completely discrediting those, but... uh, Yeah, it, Ty, Tyron's a... Ty, Ty, I'm, I'm talking about a guy who is at the top of his game. He is playing every single week. He's not injured. And he is the leader in your locker room. And and you, as an organization, have a decision to make. Like, it's your call. He wants to be here. He wants a lot of money. And he's the captain. He is the defensive leader. To just say, like, "Mm, no, see see you later. That's why I was always so confident during the the Eric Berry negotiations that they were going to get a deal done. Because Eric Berry was a leader of that team. You don't let leaders walk. Just don't do it. Because you can replace production. You cannot replace that, which is why I think, you know, whatever. I was kind of surprised to see so many people saying, yeah, you know what? We don't need this guy next year. You know? Okay. Who are you going to get? <laughs> Man, as good as the defense has been as of late, there's not a lot of pieces I look at and say, pillar, build around this guy. Like Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, I'm excited about what those guys have in store for them. We already know about Chris Jones. Uh Jerry Sneed and Charverius Ward won the best, won the best performances we've seen from them yesterday. I mean, Ward, I gave Ward a pass for the Cincy game because uh, Spags was kind of putting him on an island against a freak in Georgia. <laughs> All right, now we're getting some really good answers. Uh, somebody from the 913, Frank Zombo. Uh, somebody from the 913, Glenn Dorsey. Okay, I think those are from the same person. All right. Yeah, that Glenn Dorsey one, man. Chiefs are still paying for that decision. Still paying for that one. Coming up next, what was Kansas City doing with Tyreek Hill and how it allowed somebody else to step up at perhaps the most opportune time? This is Bink Sunday. I'm Nick Schwartz. He's Grant Nicholson, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, 
shades and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's like our war chant. I'm not criticizing. I'm just. It does have the that the intensity of like I'm about to go into battle, which would make more sense if this was a pregame show. But this is almost like a a postgame show. You know, I've got a few more few more uh, examples that people are texting in on the Jays Southland Toast Service text line nine one three five seven six seven six ten. The question I asked on the prior side was are there give me examples of teams letting leaders walk because my theory is that teams will let good players walk teams will even let their best players walk most teams don't let leaders walk or right guys who are that dude in the locker room who everybody looks to uh, Charles Woodson's been mentioned. Richard, Richard Sherman has been mentioned. Again, like with Woodson, he was near the end of his career. With Richard Sherman, he was oft injured. And that's that's more of a business decision from a team standpoint to say, I don't want to give this guy a massive contract extension if I don't think he's going to be able to stay healthy. Right? And with J.J. Watt, too, like somebody else mentioned J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt wasn't coming back to Houston. The team was bottoming out. He's like, I'm not going to be here any longer. I want to go play for a good team, which is why he went and signed with uh, the Cardinals to play with Kyler Murray. And by the way, J.J. Watt, what happened once again this year, got injured, hasn't been able to stay on the field. Uh, Somebody just texted in from the 913. I will go to war for Davis Mills today. We're going to get into Davis Mills. Today could be the day. Today could be the day that goes down in history. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I think if if the Titans lose to the Texans and Davis Mills today, I think Davis Mill, this is Davis Mills' day in Kansas City for the rest of time. It's my theory. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. What were the Chiefs doing with Tyreek Hill yesterday? I'm not saying that as a, in a, in a, a judgmental point of view. I, I'm genuinely curious. What was the plan there? Here's how it all went down, according to Sam McDowell, the Kansas City Star. About an hour before kick, Tyreek went up to Andy Reid and told him he was feeling discomfort in his heel during warm-ups. Now, this is not new. This is an injury or whatever. This is something he's been dealing with uh, for a few seasons. Tyreek only ended up playing 14 snaps yesterday. So, all in all, it's not like the Chiefs were putting him out there for the entirety of the game. 14 snaps is nothing. The the one thing, though, that bothers me about this situation, Grant, or situations like this in general, is the way that people clutch their pearls and demand that coaches take this guy off the field as to not run the risk of making the injury worse. Maybe this is just a Twitter thing. But like the second somebody looks hobbled and it's a game like that end of the season, you just see like if you're on if you're watching the game or like live tweeting or whatever, and you just see eight of the same tweets in a row. Get him off the field. Get him off the field. Why is he in there? What are the coaches doing? 
I understand why people feel that way, but I, I've always chosen, and maybe this is just me being naive, but I've always chosen to give the, these coaches and these training staffs the benefit of the doubt to the point of, like, if Andy Reid thinks that playing one of his most important players in this game a week before the playoffs could put that player's availability in the playoffs at, in jeopardy, I don't think they're going to do it. Like, whenever a player's like, if if a guy misses a certain amount of time, let's let's say a guy's been been out for a month or uh, six weeks, and they're saying like, oh, he's kind of he's he's seventy percent, he's close to eighty percent, he's not quite at a hundred percent, but they, you know he's they say he might play this week, and then you'll always hear people say, no, what's the point? Don't risk it. Don't risk putting him back out there if there if there's a chance of him for further aggravating that injury and, and, and during a setback. Again, maybe I'm naive here. But if you're thinking that, don't you think the coaches are thinking the same thing? Don't you think Andy Reid is more invested in making sure Tyree Kill is healthy for the playoffs than you are as a fan? Don't you think he understands the implications of not having Tyree Kill healthy for the playoffs? And, and, and you know what? Maybe these are a bunch of just dumb idiot football coaches who are just like, well, no, you play through it. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's how it works. I don't think it does. That's why I've always chosen to give these guys the benefit of the doubt that they know like, Hey, you talk to the trainer, you talk to the player. How are you feeling? Hey, what happens if we put him out there? Could he hurt it worse? Like I, I would assume if, 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 if he goes to, if Andy Reid goes to Rick Bur- Burkholder, the team trainer and says, what happens if we play him? Can he, can this injury get worse? Can it flare up? Would it put his availability in the playoffs at risk? If Rick Burkholder says, yeah, man, if you play him, like, he could he could miss time. I, I highly doubt Andy Reid's going, I don't care. Put him in anyway. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. But that's why I've always given them the benefit of the doubt. The problem I do have, though, is that they did choose to play Hill in spots and then he looked to be dealing with a ton of discomfort. And then after a couple plays where he was pulling up and looking hobbled, they finally pulled the plug. Like, if he's good enough to play, then play him. But don't act like that and then pull him 10 plays later. That right there, that is a sign that you were sitting the fence, that you were co- sort of winging it. And that should never be the case. Like, have a protocol and stick to it. Yesterday was a sign that you were winging it, which you just cannot do when it comes to a player of Tyreek's importance, especially with the playoffs just one week away. Again, I don't know exactly what the conversations were like pregame, but uh, that, that just didn't make a ton of sense to me. Apparently, one of the last people to learn about Tyreek's status before the game was McCole Hardman. He said afterward that he didn't find out about Tyreek's discomfort and availability or lack thereof until right before kickoff. So what happened? McColl was thrust into the number one receiver role, goes on to have the best game of his career, arguably. Eight catches, 103 yards. I was surprised to learn that was the first 100-yard receiving game in McColl's career. It felt like he'd had several, but uh, he hadn't. And it was refreshing, not just because he stepped up when the Chiefs needed him the most. It was how they utilized him, like they would if Tyreek were out there. For lack of a better comparison, it's really easy to do this because they're on the same team. McColl is a poor man's Tyreek. And that, to me, is part of the reason why he's struggled to play with any level of consistency now three years into the league. Tyreek's great. He is unique. He is one of a kind. But... Like, what what has happened in the NFL, you see it all across the league, is now teams look at Tyreek Hill and they're saying, well, we need to get our Tyreek Hill, right? We need to go get our 4-2 guy who can also be an elite route runner and turn him into the next Tyreek Hill. You can't do that. And just because a guy has speed doesn't mean they have the change of direction that Tyreek does, doesn't mean that they're going to have the, the footwork that he does, doesn't mean that they're going to have the the commitment to becoming an elite route runner, all of which has happened since Tyreek got into the league. And McColl certainly is not that. But yesterday with Tyreek extremely limited, McColl was utilized in a way that best suits his abilities 
as opposed to trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, which I think in large part is how the Chiefs have utilized, Nicole, like this year specifically. Like with Sammy Watkins gone, Sammy Watkins was so great because not not that, that he was super unique in his skill set. It was that he was a good route runner and he was a, a, a good enough player to where you couldn't just completely ignore him. And if you did, teams would make you pay. And he wasn't Tyreek. Like, Sammy, I, I think people forget how big Sammy Watkins was. Was he 6'3", 6'4"? And he has that speed, and he's a great route runner, and he can be a physical receiver. That's not Tyreek. When you put a poor man's Tyreek opposite of Tyreek, something just doesn't mesh there. Like, you need complementary players. You need complementary wide receivers. And I don't know that McColl compliments Tyreek as much as he does just sort of mimic him, but to a lesser extent. They got Tyreek the ball quick yesterday, or excuse me, McColl. 99 of his 103 receiving yards came after the catch. They got him the ball in space and said, be fast. Go do what you do. We're not going to ask you to play this other role. We're not going to ask you to play out of position, so to speak. We're going to now put you in the role that Tyreek would be in. And in that role, McColl thrived. So if Tyreek returns next week, then maybe... None of this matters all that much. If he's back to 100% and he's a full go, then, you know, it's great. We, won't, we probably won't be talking about this all that much. Because if that happens, your guess is as good as mine as to who the, the number two on the pecking order will be in the Chiefs wide receiver room. Pringle's been that guy for most of this season, but there's no question who's got the most talent at that position after Tyreek. And we saw him go for a career game yesterday. And quite frankly, I don't care who it is, Grant, but these guys are going to need to keep stepping up because there will be a play or a series or a game in the playoffs where this team will need reliability from pass catchers not named Hill or Kelsey. And at the very least, we've seen that there are multiple guys on this team capable of doing that. Can they do it in the playoffs? Can they do it for a sustained stretch of time? We'll see. But they're going to need it because as much as I know that the Chiefs can rely upon Tyreek and and Kelsey, and even though teams are going to game plan against them, there are going to be moments. There is going to be a pivotal moment where somebody else is going to have to be counted on. And it's been pretty hit or miss this year. But yesterday was a positive sign that maybe McColl could be finding his own at the most opportune time. Is today the day that Davis Mills becomes a legend in Kansas City? We'll talk about it next this is Bink Sunday. I'm Nick Schwartz. Grant Nicholson, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Matt Verderam of Fansided going to join us coming up at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. We'll get his thoughts on how the Chiefs handled Tyreek Hill's heel issues yesterday. 
and what he thought about McColl's breakout game. Is it a breakout game? Does that qualify as a breakout game? Or is it just a dude taking advantage of increased opportunity? We'll do that coming up here in about 20 minutes. You know what? I just I just made myself angry, Grant. I uh, I pulled up Odell Beckham Jr.'s stats since joining the Rams. It's crazy. I don't know how I forgot about this. But I completely forgot, at least for like, I, I forgot for about three weeks that the Chiefs were like very much in on Odell Beckham Jr. He goes and signs with the Rams. And maybe it's just because of how good Cooper Cup has been that nobody's really talked about what Odell Beckham Jr. And, and let me be very clear here. It's not like Odell is lighting the world on fire. But six starts this year with the Browns. Six starts this year with the Rams. And uh, he's already got more receptions, more receiving yards. Perhaps most impressively, five touchdowns with the Rams. Zero touchdowns with the Browns. Damn it. Now I'm pissed. I'm pissed. What was Baker doing is what I want to know. What were they doing in Cleveland, man? That does well, not look like a fun situation. No, and now they've got a decision to make. What do you do with what do you do with Baker Mayfield? If it was any team other than the Browns, I'd be like, try something else. But that matters, man. But it is the Browns, right? Yeah, and that's and that's what matters is I would love to be I would love to pull Browns fans because I think despite the fact that you know, Baker, and, and let's just be real. What, regardless of what you think about Baker, and I know I know how most people feel about Baker Mayfield, regardless of how you feel about him, like, if you're watching this, if you've watched that team at all, it's very obvious he's not right. Like, it's very obvious he's not healthy, which is why he's going to have surgery and the season is officially over. Um, they've already picked up the option, uh, the fifth-year option on his contract, but the numbers aren't good. 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And then you, you saw the, the media stuff where Mary Kay Cabot, who has been covering the the Browns in Cleveland forever. She went and, and wrote a piece and, and here's the headline for the piece. And here's what, well, here's what the tweet says. It says Browns Baker Mayfield must resolve his differences with Kevin Stefanski soon in case they need to coexist next season. Also some names on the, that will be on the radar if they don't. So like alluding to the fact that like, if they need to coexist, which would imply that there's a chance that he won't be back next year. I don't know what the trade market would look like for Baker Mayfield, but there's always a team just like that's a mantra to live by in the NFL. There's always a team. Coexist is not the word that I want to hear when talking about my quarterback, my quarterback and my head coach, and my head coach. Yeah. That's usually not a good Please, sign. I don't want to be coexisting. <laughs> I want to be living very happily together. Yeah. There needs to be some sort of a uh, relationship there. And it doesn't seem like that one is a good one. And then Baker Mayfield, then and this is what Baker Mayfield does. He quote tweeted that tweet again. Mary Kay Cabot has been covering this team forever. She is not just somebody trying to make a name for herself. Baker Mayfield quote tweeted. It said clickbait. You and many other Cleveland local media continue to be drama-stirring reporters with no sources or facts. Don't put words in my mouth so you can put food on your table. I'm not your puppet. I'm no puppet. You're the puppet. Right? Um, okay. I, I, first off, Baker Mayfield needs to learn when to just stop. Because there is no quarterback. There's no quarterback in the NFL who seems to get in these social media spats with reporters and media more than he does. And like the problem that he doesn't seem to realize, which like, and we all know this when you're losing, which the Browns are like their season's over when you're losing, you're never going to come out on top. You're never, you're never going to win these sorts of arguments. So just stop. But I understand why he's mad. I understand why he's mad. It's because, he probably feels like some of the circumstances surrounding his season are unfair. And uh, when when you're in these situations where you don't feel like you have, have said any of these things, because like maybe for all we know, Baker Mayfield hasn't went and told anybody in the Browns organization, like, I want out, right? Even though there have been those, those rumors out there. But, like, I, I think part of it, too, is like you, you mentioned it, man. For any other team, it would be an easy decision to make. For the Browns, it's like, hey, I don't 
want to restart. I mean, we've been doing this for 30 years. I mean, I don't think there's any Browns fans who think that Baker Mayfield's taking them to the promised land. But he can make the wild card round. Which, if in Cleveland, like man. He can make the divisional round a year. In Cleveland? That's good enough. I mean, imagine being the laughing stock of the NFL for decades. Imagine being a bottom feeder and never having any level of relevancy. And now you've at least got that. You can say it's not enough, but it's subjective to what your expectations are and what you're used to. The Browns aren't used to any semblance of consistency or success. And they're on the precipice of that, which, again, it may not feel like much, but it's all relative to what you're used to. I'll tell you what, though, man. Um, Baker Mayfield may not be long for the road in Cleveland. Davis Mills has a chance to become a legend today, not just in Houston, because honestly, (laughs) this is what's funny. Davis Mills and the Texans beat the Titans today. Congratulations. Like, they're not going to have a parade. Nobody's going to be celebrating Davis Mills because their season's over no matter what. But Davis Mills beats the Titans today, and he becomes a legend in Kansas City. Ryan Fitzpatrick status if Davis Mills beats the Titans today. So you guys probably know by now. The Chiefs won yesterday, so at the very least, they are locked into the two seed in the AFC playoffs. But they're still alive for the one seed. And all they need to happen is for the Texans to beat the Titans today. And I know what you're saying. Like, come on, seems pretty unlikely. The Titans are the one seed. The Texans are in line for the number one overall pick. But I would remind you, uh, just about seven weeks ago, the Texans did beat the Tennessee Titans, 22-13. to 13. Now, I believe that was Tyrod Taylor who was starting at quarterback. But you know what? That's neither here nor there. I don't know how much uh, Houston football you've been watching lately. Davis Mills. Davis Mills has got, he's, he was in his bag a couple weeks ago when they beat the Chargers. 41 points. And the, the, the guys he was throwing to, I don't even think Brandon Cooks played in that game. His, his, Rex Burkhead, first off, looked like Derrick Henry. He ran for a buck 49 and two touchdowns. Uh, here are the guys that Davis Mills was throwing to. Leading receiver for the Texans in that game. Old friend alert, Chris Conley, three catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Brevin Jordan, rookie tight end from Miami, four catches, 56 yards. Philip Dorsett, where's he been? Houston, three catches, 55 yards. Chris Moore, who's that? Generic, uh, uh, generated player on Madden, four catches, 40 yards. I'm not saying that Davis Mills is the best rookie quarterback. I am saying he's not the worst. I am saying if if they did a redraft, Davis Mills is a first-round pick. For anybody who don't know, like didn't know where he came from, number one pro style quarterback coming out of high school, went to Stanford, couldn't stay healthy, and that's why he his that's why he slipped. That's why he wasn't you know one of the first quarterbacks taken. But like this dude is not just a complete nobody, and he is somebody I think who's probably at least played himself into the conversation of being the starting quarterback next year for the Texans. Like then maybe you you trot him out there for a few games and, and see what you can get. Texans beat the Titans. The Chiefs nab the one seed. They get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and most importantly, they receive a first round bye. Are you? Do you? Do you believe that the first round bye is bigger than the home field advantage, or do you think being able to play an Arrowhead for two games is is more important? I I love the bye. I think the bye is important. You want the week off. You want the reset. You want to get some people marginally healthy. You want to clear the space. I like to buy personally. Yeah, I think it depending on the severity of some of the injuries or some of the, you know, things that guys You get are longer through. to prepare. All that, that sort of stuff matters. Bigger. To me, dude, honestly, it's just not having to play the extra game. Yeah, the extra dings that you get. What if some guy goes down with the hammies out for the rest of the thing, you know? It, well, and the teams that you're going to be playing, in all likelihood, you would be playing the Colts, the Chargers, and the Patriots. I don't want to see the Chiefs play either any of those games because those are teams that could, with the exception of the Patriots, like the Chargers, we've seen them. Any other year, it does feel like the margin of error for this Chiefs team is a lot smaller than it has been in the past. 
Like, you want to play three games much more than you want to play four games, kind of regardless of who it is. I'll be honest with you. I don't think, even if the t- Titans win t- today, I don't think they're hosting the AFC Championship. I really don't. Unless Henry's gangbusters, unless he comes out just absolutely rocking and rolling. So Derrick Henry was activated off the IR this week. He is not going to play today. He is not. He's not activated for today's game, but I'd imagine that he is going to play in the playoffs. And that's a completely different story. The Titans without Derrick Henry don't scare anybody in the AFC. They don't. Now, I will give, I, I think Mike Vrabel is the coach of the year. And regardless of what I think about that team, because they're not a scary team, that offense has been terrible, but all of a sudden the defensive line's coming alive. They're getting pressure and they just have it. There's a, there's a culture about that, man. And, and that should not be understated because the, the, the idea that you can just find a way to win and that now the Titans six straight seasons without a losing record, only the Chiefs and the Steelers have more. The Steelers are like in 19. The Chiefs are at nine, but the Titans are right there in third. Six straight seasons without a losing record. Six straight seasons of, at the very least, being relevant. That's culture. That's coaching. And if you get the most unstoppable force in the NFL and Derrick Henry back in time for the playoffs, that changes things a lot. I don't really think anyone's scared about going into Nashville necessarily, which is why the home field advantage isn't as important to me as just getting that extra week off. You're right. Getting guys healthy, getting guys fresher, having the extra week to prepare. But most importantly, just not having to play. Let, let, let them take care of each other, right? Let them beat up on each other. Let that carnage take place. You sit back, kick your feet up and watch it. It can all happen. It can all happen. If Davis Mills does what he's capable of, there's going to be a, hey, I'll tell you what, Texans win today, nine months from now, there's going to be a lot of Davises, a lot of baby Davises popping up in Kansas City. I'm telling you. All right, we're going to talk to Matt Verderam coming up here in 10 minutes. This is Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt Verderam joins us in five minutes. I'm Nick Schwartz. This is Bink Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. Grant Nicholson in with me as well. This is going to be a Jarek McKinnon appreciation segment since it's going to be a short one. Uh, that was cool. Now, Jarek McKinnon's been on the IR. Next man up. I get I get the whole deal. Uh, Clyde edwards Laird didn't play yesterday. Then you saw Daryl Williams dealing with a toe injury. Who knows what either of their statuses are going to be for next week if the Chiefs get the two seed and have to play next week, but I'm not sure there should be any reason for Like, if hypothetically, if Clyde can't go, if Daryl Williams can't go, let's imagine a, a backfield duo of Jarek McKinnon and Derek Gore. Should we be all that afraid of that? I mean, honestly. is it, Are we cool with rolling with, with McKinnon and Gore? for one game do you really think that the offense will be lacking without their two lead backs because I'm just not sure what the, either of those guys do that these other dudes can't do that's just kind of how I view from a big picture perspective the Chiefs running back room I don't see one guy in that room who just has a skill set that nobody else can replicate or that nobody else can can sort of fill in for McKinnon was great yesterday as a pass catcher. I mean, the play, I mean, the play of the game offensively, arguably only had five catches, 24 or five rushes, 24 yards, uh, caught all three of his targets, 26 yards, the touchdown where he kind of a little pirouette past one dude sidestepping another. And then he just sort of powers his way into the end zone. It was awesome. It was good to see Jarek McKinnon healthy. Good to see him productive next man up with this chiefs running back room. And, I think regardless of who's healthy and who's not, uh, I'm going to have confidence. At the very least, I'm not, I'm not going to have confidence that any of these guys are going to dominate the game. 
on Sunday or have some sort of career outing. I'm just confident that whoever is in there is going to be able to do enough and to keep up with the production that we have seen when the Chiefs have been at 100% with that room. I'll see if our next guest agrees. Matt Verderam, fan side, are going to join us on the other side. One hour down, one to go. It's Bink Sunday on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.